What's up, DLR family? AJ here. This week's episode, we speak to Cedric Grant from store 2382. He hails from the state of South Carolina in the Arthur region under Mr. John McCutcheon. We hear Cedric's story as he works his way up from Fayetteville, North Carolina to Lake City, South Carolina, and the numerous people that helped him along the way, while also throwing in a funny story about Jim Peoples. He shares his story as a hungry co-manager to a veteran partner and the many challenges and lessons he had to learn along the way. There were some things he knew he did wrong and learned from them, ultimately making him the man and the partner he is today once his mindset changed. He explains how important it is to be you and not anyone else. He also shares the impact his wonderful mother had on his life and the advice she continued to give him along the journey to success. He praises and thanks his people and his wife for helping him through this journey. Cedric represents the true definition of humble and some advice on trying to create or at least help that work-life balance. Hope you guys enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, D.L. Rogers family. Welcome to another episode of the D.L. Rogers podcast. I am your host, AJ, along with my dear friend and fellow partner, Jacob Borrego. Today we have another special guest. His name is Cedric. Cedric, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to tell my story. Cedric, we're really excited to have you here. I just want to, you know, first off, say thank you for being on the show and, you know, reaching out to us and wanting to be on the show. We're going to, you know, ask you to share your story with us. Sounds good. So I guess I'll get started. It's funny, me me and Jacob have a common bond, I guess you could say, six degrees of separation, because uh, Miss Denise Bragg was my uh, first partner ever. I started at uh, Cliffdale in Fayetteville, North Carolina. To, to y'all, her, she's Denise Bragg. To me, she's boss lady. Forever will be. <laughs> Boss lady. Yeah, boss lady. <laughs> she hired me. She showed me a lot. Um, she believed in me. And uh, I appreciate her just being a great leader. Great leader, great trainer. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, everyone that's worked with her can share the same city. While working for Denise, Mr. Jim Peoples took over as supervisor. So I got to meet him. Well, funny story about Jim. Jim met my mother and my father in the same week. First, he met my mother at Walmart. My mother worked at Walmart for about 20 years. He goes into Walmart. He asks my mother to show him where something was on whatever aisle. And my mother turns around and sees uh, the Sonic shirt and says, hey, my son works at Sonic. So Jim says, which one? Which, who's your son? And my mother, she's a jokester. So she says, hey, uh, guess. And Jim says, Cedric. And I, I just thought that was amazing out of, out of the seven stores he's over that he could pinpoint my mother and me make correlation i thought that was awesome wow. and uh my mother asked him you know how's my son doing what does he need to work on and mr peoples he says uh this is his parents he looks kind of kind of uh, shabby he's he's not really dressing the part he needs to look like a million bucks and dress the part so from that point on my mother was could never remember jim's name she was always mr million bucks he told <laughs> you make sure you took your shirt in make sure you're looking good that was a good little story right there with uh, Jim. And uh, he met my father same week, uh, maybe a couple of days later. He goes to the DMV and my father's worked DMV for years. He asked my, my father, if you know Jim Peoples, he's a character. He wanted to do this, this funny pose where he sticks his tongue out on his license. 
to my father. He don't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. So uh, he snaps the photo. And of course, the same same way my mother asked him, he said, uh, my son works for son. And he was like, Cedric. And he was like, how'd you guess? And he was like, it's just that, it's just I just got it. I'm just seeing it. So <laughs> from that point on, it was kind of a three-on-one for me to, to excel in Sonic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as, as I was grooming through Sonic, uh, I would ask to ride with him. We would visit other stores and uh, he would point point out things uh, to make me sharper as a, a manager, as an employee. And uh, I really appreciate that from uh, Mr. Peoples. Back to Fayetteville, North Carolina. At Cliffdale, we went through a couple partners once Denise left. She, she embarked on going into uh, taking over another store. I can recall Eddie Fry coming in, and I worked with Eddie Fry for a short period of time. For those who don't know, Eddie Fry runs uh, Elizabeth City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that guy, he's he's amazing. Uh, he's he a taught legend, me, man. Yeah, yeah. He taught me uh, speed of service, the importance of it. That was his big thing. He harped on speed of service. Since day one, he came through the door. We, we're going to be the fastest in town. And that's all he pushed was, was speed. I ended up transferring from Cliffdale to Spring Lake. When I got to Spring Lake, I became an assistant manager. I became a co-manager. I learned a lot through the various partners that were there. It was a revolving door of partners. And one thing I've, I've learned through the revolving door is definitely see what that partner does well, see what that partner does bad, and learn from it. See if you can create your own style, I guess you can say. Mold yourself into becoming better. What does that partner excel at? Pick their brain. Mm-hmm. What do they struggle with? And figure out why they struggle with that. And then that can definitely make you a better uh, or manager or partner whenever you reach that level. But there was a period of time where we went to a transitional phase where the partner was switching out. And ironically, Jim Peoples took over the region. And in that period of time, I felt like the partner. I ran Spring Lake for about two weeks. And I was doing everything, man. You couldn't tell me anything. I was paying bills. I was doing the schedule. It just felt good. And and, and I guess that was one of the, the, the parts where I realized that I could actually do this. Lo and behold, Mr. Jamie Sloan comes in assistant manager uh as as i was a co-manager excuse me jamie comes through the door and he's saying how he's impressed that i was able to hold down the fort i guess you could say and under jamie's tenure jamie's big on training and development under his tutelage i I learned a lot uh just honing skills i can recall jamie used to do co-management at his house and we would spend two to three hours at his house and he would just we really felt like partners, you know. He really gave us that feel that we were part of the team. And I, and I think that helped with some of the success Jamie had in the favor area. Shortly after, again, I moved to a, another location, Ramsey Street, where I worked under Mr. Brian Vaughn. Oh, I know Brian. Yeah, Brian was my – when I say that's my brother, that's my brother. As I, I came up under so many different partners and so many training styles, if I had a style – that I had to, to do, it would be his. Because we were already in sync. And we were at least 95% of my style today is him. You know? Did you work? Were you one of his co-managers at the time? Or? I, was, I was his first co-manager. Okay. At Street. So you were his right hand. Yes. And when, like, like we were two peas in a pod. Man. Yeah. And um, we, we, we had great highs and, you know, we had some lows. But we, we, we did it together. You know, I had his back and he knew it. I, w- I would tell Brian 
and this is, I guess, something for the co-managers. I, I was hungry as a co-manager because I, I wanted to be a partner so bad. I would not let Brian leave until he showed me something. I don't care what it was. <laughs> show, me, show me food costs. Show me labor. Show me anything. At that time, we had 824. Show me anything on this computer. I don't care. I, was, I had my notebook. I had my notes. Show me. You know, I, I, I want to know. I know he, he appreciated it. You know, I probably got on his nerves. Um, even when he didn't show me, I, I pretty much knew how to do a lot of things then, but what I didn't know, I would try on my own. I messed up. He would say, Hey, why'd you do that? I say, hey, I want to learn. And he'll show me, he say, you did this wrong, but let me show you how to do it right. So it was just kind of a, a, a mindset that I took that I'm, I'm going to get on his nerves until he shows me everything. <laughs> I, I want to be that good. I want to be that good. I want to be at this level. This is what I I knew. This is what I wanted to do. And then once I felt comfortable to where I, I felt as though I soaked as much information that I could soak from him. I, I, hey, Brian, kick your feet up, man. Go ahead to the house. I got it today. He would never leave, but <laughs> it was just, I don't know. I, I know it would feel good if you're commander, you came into work. Hey, go ahead to the house. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Are you still here? Okay, golly. (laughs) Brian was my my guy, for sure. I worked for him for about a year and a half. And then Jamie Sloan, well, before I go there, Mr. Peoples used to send out everyone's statistics daily as far as AV time, labor, all that info he sent out daily, daily, daily. And I seen this one store in Sherrill, South Carolina. And I always text text Jim, excuse me. I would text him and say, Charles, Charles ain't looking too hot, man. Let me get that store. And I would always, every day, let me get that store. Yeah, they're running high EV times. I can bring those times. Let me in that store. Let me in that store. I had to nag him for about a year because he would always send it out. And then um, finally, after after I went through review board, Jamie and Jim were together and, and they called me and they said, hey, guess what? Shiraz open. Now it's time to put the, uh, your money where the mouth is, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was kind of a surreal moment because, man, I got what I asked for, but man, I hope I, I hope I don't jack this up, you know. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you're on stage. This is it. Yep. So he called me, and I was like, "Let me call you right back." You know. <laughs> um, I, I, I I talked over with Brian, uh, so I called him back, and I said, "Of course I'll take it." You know, and kind of a surreal moment for me when I was working in Ramsey Street. My mother stayed which I, the house I grew up in off Cliffdale, and that's kind of like the other side of town. And I told the news to, and uh, she drove to the store, Ramsey Street, and in the parking lot, she called me outside. I'm sitting outside with her, and she breaks down in tears, and she says, uh, you're, you're, you're going to a whole nother state. I've never, I've never been where I can't get to you. I got to watch you grow up. I got to let you be a man. You know, it was kind of kind of heartbreaking. Like, man, I, I if I take this opportunity, I can't let it be in vain. You know, yeah. Uh, my mother's out here crying her heart out to me. I, you know, I've got to be successful. That that was my mindset going into Chicago. I got to be successful. So you took that good with the bad of being away from your mom. Correct. Mm, I must and granted, yeah, and granted, I, I'm her baby boy, so you know she's she's a little more protective of me than mm. some of the other. Oh, I'm, I'm the favorite, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I take Sherrall with that mindset, you know. I, I came in kind of vicious that I was going to get results one way or another, 
You know, I was not too kind with people. I went in with a chip on my shoulder. And I, I know I, I could have handled things a lot differently than, than what I did when I first took over. You know, I had to do a lot of changing in myself, a lot of humbling moments as far as not getting the results off the, off the bat like I thought I was. You know, when you first taking over a store, you think you're going to be operator of the year. Then you're going to be uh, rookie of the year. year. Yeah, you know, <laughs> turn around. Turn operator around operator of the year. Yeah, I had I had my mindset that I was going to win all three of them in the same year, get me a ring, all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. You're hungry, you're motivated. Yeah, and uh, when you get in there, you see it's a, a different element from being a co-manager. You know, it's the, it's some of the same skill sets, but the, the the mental side of it is different. Oh, yeah. I had to do a lot of changing myself, developing a team and developing culture that would be, I guess, a winning a winning atmosphere because th- that store hasn't won for a long time prior to me. I didn't want to add to the failures. And at, and at first, I felt I was adding to those failures. As far as uh, bad mystery shots, complaints, food calls, not running labor, you know, just not hitting the marks. Once I, I changed my mindset, homing myself a little bit, the business started to grow. Uh, we went from uh, 653000 when I first took over. The next year, we went to 700000 Next year, we went to 800000 And um, we, we finally broke a million. It was, a, it was, man, my whole crew was pumped. You know, we celebrated. Uh, my supervisor at that time was Mr. Jason Britt. He came, and it was just kind of like a, a holiday that day because that store, uh, when I took over, never seen that success in years. So it, it, it felt good to, to, to put that store over a million when I had it. Fast forward to a convention in Arkansas, the partner in Lake City stepped down. I get the call, do I want to take over Lake City? And at this time, Lake City is, is one of the, one of the prestigious stores in the company. I'm like, I'm, I'll be honored to take over Lake City. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt, it's a no brainer. I go to uh, Lake City and at this time, my, my mother's still alive. And my mother, she tells me, you know, uh, you did a great job where you was at. You know, God has a different path for you. Go on that path and, and be who you are. So I got to Lake City. And um, again, in Sherrall, Sherrall was around a million. Lake City at that time was at 1.9. And talk about a culture shock, you know, mm-hmm. you go from you go from being on the floor and working positions just about all day long to delegating. And that took, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It took, it took some time for me to, to get comfortable doing that. It took a transitional period. It, it also didn't help that uh, some of the crew left when the partner left. So having to evolve again from just being that worker bee to more of a, a, a delegative style and still trying to learn this store, learn the people, learn the city, learn the culture. It was, it was very difficult at first. It was extremely difficult. I think I went about it the wrong way when I, when I initially got there. You know, I, I mixed a little bit of my style and I mixed the previous partner's style because I said, hey, it worked for him. Why not let me try it? So I, 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 I tried. I did just about everything he did. And I failed miserably. <laughs> I failed miserably. Because it wasn't um, authentic? Or why do, you think, why do you think that was? His style worked for him his style didn't work for me because i'm not him yeah and i remember having that conversation with my mother i said mom i'm not doing anything different than he did but i'm not having the same results i'm not having the same success the people are not behind me and she tells me it's not going to be because you're not him 
you're Cedric. Yeah. You do you do you do the things that made you successful in Shira and you'll be successful where you're at now. How far into Spring Lake were you until that happened? Like how how many weeks, days, weeks, or months until you had that conversation with your with your mother and you realized like this is not working? Uh I tried it for I would say maybe four or five months. Wow. So it it was it was a while then. Yeah, because you, you got to understand, he was deep in the community. He 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 once was the mayor there, you know. So he, he oh, had that snap. Yeah, he had that relationship in the community. So, that, so the partner before you was the mayor of the city that he, the, he was, the store he ran. He used to be the or, mayor. Oh, he used to be yeah, the pre, previous mayor. So he has yeah. all the connections. He had a lot of connections. Wow, it, it's trying to trying to not damage those relationships. Jeez. You know, trying to come in behind them. So, yeah, I, I had my hands full. Yeah, tell me about it. I built my own relationships, some of the same ones, some different ones. Mm-hmm. I felt as though uh, we were able to get back on the right track, you know. Um, standards slipped a little bit when I got there. Once again, trying to be someone else. Uh, once I got doing the things that made me successful, um, we started to come back up in the right direction. And of course, under the leadership of John, John has helped me out tremendously. He he's he's been in my corner. John um, McCutcheon. Yes, John McCutcheon. We've had discussions of what I can do to be better, and this there there were times where we, we talked every day, and and matter of fact, it, we just about talked every day every day to this day. It's always encouragement. It's always nothing, never negative. It's always some what what can I do better. You know, and he, he allows me to think. He allows me to process. Allows me, and if I if I have an idea that he doesn't think is too hot, he he helps me think. He says, "Do you did you ever think about this?" And he gives me something. He never never really gives me the answer. He just lets me figure it out. If that makes sense. And yeah. I, I love that style. I love that style. It works for me. Definitely works. For me. Um, I've always thought highly of John. I, I I how long has he been with the company? He's been like. Four six years or so. He's been with the company seven years. Seven. seven? Uh, seven. I, I saw him one. I first saw him at one of the conventions. Maybe my first convention as a partner, and he he's like a ball of fun, you know. Yes. He I I you know at the convention general session him being loud, full of positivity, real energetic, and that's something I I was like man. He's a good supervisor. I can already tell. Yes. Yes. Very passionate guy. Yeah. Passionate. Yep. Absolutely. Very passionate. Shortly after, um, he, he, he would tell me, he, he'd bring up John Divin and, and John Divin runs Sonic and Hartsville, one of the most prestigious. Oh, yeah. Ooh, everybody knows John Divin. Exactly. Legend. Legend. So he would bring John up and he says, we're not going to Sonic and Hartsville. We're going to John's store. And they said they don't need to go to the Sonic and Lake City. They need to come to Cedric's store. And until they're not saying, I'm going to Sonic, I'm going to Cedric, the community wow. won't wrap around. Wow. I like that right there. That's a great mindset right there. So so with that, you know, I, I started networking more uh, in that community. I'm in with the schools. I do a uh, real big with the athletic director. Um, we do donations. 
We're out to the football games. We're giving out coupons, rooting on the team. Definitely, um, I have a donation to the student athlete each year, and we, we give them a donation to help with their future endeavors. So there's the male and the female athlete, and, the, and they'll get a, a check every year from Sonic. So wow. it's just a great incentive for, for these guys to still do good in school and, of course, being a great athlete. But um, but I can tell you, um, as things started to progress, I got married. We had some. We had our first child, Bailey. She already had a child when I met her. So you throw in a a preteen and a uh, a, a baby, a newborn baby. <laughs> mm. Things change uh, a little bit as far as oh, the yeah. uh, work life dynamic. Oh you know? yeah. I had to figure out how to balance that. Was it rough in the beginning? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I like to tell her or anybody that that is married to a partner and is not involved in the store. They, I, I don't believe they completely understand what we go through on a day to day basis, the challenges we face. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if they can relate. So when you come home and, and tell me stories and then and they come back with, why don't you just hire another manager? Hey, I got to train that manager. So I'll be, <laughs> I'll be out that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not a, a plug and play environment. You know, it's, it's a lot of uh, yourself you put involved. And I, I just use that as motivation because I, I, I spend a lot of time at work and I don't want that time being at work in vain because I spend it away from my family. I have to make sure I provide everything I need at work. So my home life is, is a little easy. Wow. So uh, two years later, throwing another baby. <laughs> so we, we moved to a preteen, uh, a two-year-old and a, and a newborn. And that changed the dynamics again. Family man. Yeah, that definitely changed the dynamics. So it, it's, it's, it, it made me become a better trainer. And the reason why I say yeah. that is because for, for, for me to get time off, mm-hmm. my, team, my team has to be on point. Mm-hmm. I have to trust them because I can't be in the drive in 24-7. I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I, I was going to say exactly what you're going to say. And I, I have three little girls. I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a two-year-old. That right there, which you just said, is so provides so much value because if you want to be able to have a balance, a work-life balance, you have to train the right way. You know, Absolutely. you can't wing it because they're going to be calling you on a Friday night when you're at dinner with your family and you can't even get off the phone. I think that's so important. I think that was a good point that you brought up. You know, if you want to create that, Jacob, you don't have kids yet, right? Okay. No You'll learn, too. buddy. You'll learn. Oh, yeah. Listen to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is great advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Man. I love it. And because and, I, I never wanted to be the guy that works 24-7 and I miss my kids walking. Yeah. I miss, you know, play, school plays. So, so I had to develop something to at least try to keep the balance. So what I try to do, I try to have two date nights a week. Oh. Um, yes. It, so so it's it maybe a short day. And even this, the, the Grant household is big on Taco Tuesday. Okay. So I, <laughs> Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I, okay. when I leave, I make sure, and, and I'll tell you what I do. I, I, I make sure my, my Tuesday night is staffed perfectly. I make sure it's staffed. I make sure my aces are in the places. I make sure that anything that possibly can go wrong, I have all the measures in place. So 
I can enjoy the evening with with my family. We do Taco Tuesday. We watch a watch a movie or something. That that is our date night with me, the wife, and the kids. Taco Tuesday, and then I try to to, to get a a date night with the wife without the kids. And I got to tell you, when when I did that, home life got better. Home life got better. The wife was a little more understanding when, hey, baby, I'm not going to be home. Uh, I, I have to stay a couple, a few more hours. Oh, that's all right. I understand. You know, once once I instilled at least trying to get those two date nights in a week, home life got a lot a lot easier. A whole lot easier. I'm about to start going on two date nights, too. Baby, hear that? You got to. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. I promise you, 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 it's more relaxing. You'll ease your mind with, without the... Uh, the everyday hustle yeah and all and you won't miss your kids and of course you spend time with your wife definitely i I agree with you on the wife aspect and me and my wife started trying to spend a little bit more time on our own because that's very important and i think we had kids very young so we didn't really we weren't really able to spend a lot of alone time so now that we spend more time we appreciate each other much more and like you just said it's more understanding now. I know you brought it up. Like if you marry somebody that's not a partner, they don't understand. My story is a little weird. So my wife's mother and her two older sisters worked for my dad um, when he was a partner. And she ended up working for my dad as well. So that her whole family knew the business. They knew what it was. So now she wasn't a partner, but she she knows she I come home and I talk about something. And she knows what it is. I got to stay till close today. All right. You got to do what you got to do. So I'm very fortunate enough to have a spouse that doesn't ask questions. And she knows what it's about. You know, having that work life balance is, you know, this is what we're talking about right now is so crucial. And I'm glad you brought it up. Gotcha. So how many stores were you at? How many stores have you been to? Uh, as a co-manager, I've been to Cliffdale, Spring Lake. I worked in Yakin Road for a little bit. And all these are in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it in Fed. As a partner, uh, Sharon Lake City. Sharon How old were you when you took over your first store? 25. 25. Okay, so let me ask you this question. What you know now, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. All right? I ain't going to go there. <laughs> but if you, what you know now, what would you tell 25-year-old Cedric right before he takes over Sharon? What advice would you give him? Oh, I love this question. My, my advice to him would be be humble. At that time, 25 years old, I had a chip on my shoulder coming from Fayetteville because I, I was the man. You know, I felt like I was better than all the co-managers. I felt like the partners knew me. Like I said, the partners knew me. The supervisor knew me. I knew the director. I had a big chip on my shoulder. So when I, when I came in, I had the, the high aspirations of I'm going to be rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is six hundred fifty thousand. I'm gonna turn this into a million after a year. Uh, this is gonna be easy. When I got there, I I, I became very humble. Very humble. You, you you think you know, but you don't know as much as you you, you don't know as much as you don't know until you get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. the mental aspect of of being a partner compared to a co-manager, you know, it's next level. I just wish I was a little more humble and I I knew how to treat people better. I didn't treat them bad by by any any means necessary, but what, who I am today, I wish I was that coming through the door. Because did, did my, not did not being humble did that. I don't want to say 
screw you up a little bit, but it, did it did it cause problems in those early that first year as a partner? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Just coming in thinking thinking that you know you're the man, and you know I don't need you. I can find another manager. Go ahead oh, home. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. you know. Gotcha. Um, I can work all of, positions. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, but but yeah. but to be honest with you, I see that a lot. I see that a lot with new partners. They're like, especially if they're very driven, like you were, or like you know, I think all the three of us were. When you're very driven, there's a difference between confident and like cocky. You know what I mean? Absolutely. In line between that, and it it can get you in trouble too. And I'm I mean, it's a good point, man. And um, who I am today. I'm I'm all about my people, all about my people. Cause without them, I can't go home. Mm-hmm. I can't go home without them. I these customers don't get served. Without mm-hmm. them, I don't make money. Without mm-hmm. them, my life is my life is extremely hard without them. So with that mindset, I want to make their life easy. Whatever I can do for them to make their life easy. You know, I can do a schedule, and oh, said man, I wanted to be all Friday night. Oh man, I'll make that happen for you. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. Whatever you need. My mindset is, is, is totally different, you know, because my people are my heart. I can't do anything without them. You know, I fight for them too for now, you know, and I know they'll do the same for me. So what was something that 25-year-old Cedric would have said if they're like, man, I need, I want to have this weekend off? You need to find another job. I, I came in, I I had an iron fist when I, when I originally came in. I'm telling you. Um, and, and, and it's funny, I, today, one of my old co-managers called me. And she ended up leaving Sonic for whatever reason. Um, and she told me how much she appreciated me. I remember, I remember making her cry in the store, you know, because I was just, I was ruthless. Hey, you're gonna do it like this, or hey, I don't need you. I don't need you. And and the the, the humbleness became throughout the years in Sheraw. But but I, I I won't say I mastered it. But who I am today, I wish I was back then. But um, I became very humble. Man. What are some of the things that? occurred was like what were those slaps in the faces of humbleness like what were some examples give us give me some examples were you like you kept doing that and you found yourself completely short-staffed like what are some of the examples that made you turn that around absolutely short being short-staffed that's that's the main one people showing you don't care for care for them they don't care for you they don't care for your business Mm -hmm. they don't um treat the customers right they don't they don't treat your facility right they don't treat your facility right you know I feel like people let you know how much they, they, they care for you with your culture, the culture you bring and your work ethic. And, and the culture I had at that time, when, when I originally walked in, it wasn't a good culture. It wasn't at all. After those slaps in the face, as you say, it became very humble, very humble. Hmm. And I, I changed who I was, you know, and, and I'm glad I did because I, I believe some of my success uh, as a partner is just my humbleness. I'm, I'm one of the most humblest guys. You know, I'm thankful for, for all opportunities. I'm very kind. And that came from the failure I had being that tyrant when I when I originally yeah. came in. So you definitely had the work ethic, but you just didn't have the humbleness. Yeah, that is correct. You know, um, treating people right. But like, I, I wouldn't say I was, if, if, if you didn't do the job, we had a problem. So instead of a conversation, it was a problem. Now, the Cedric today, we have a conversation. Because there's, there's three things, three reasons why things don't get done. Either you don't know, you don't care, or you're not capable. I don't know which one of those three is. It. The 25-year-old me would automatically go to, hey, you don't care. It, it, there may be a valid reason why you couldn't do something. Maybe a valid reason why you couldn't come in. I need I need to know. I want I want to be a guy, that partner, 
that you can come talk to. You're not afraid to talk yeah. to. I don't want to rule with an iron fist. I want to be that guy where you feel comfortable sharing bad news with. If if my co-manager was to see a bad mystery shot prior to seeing it, Cedric, we, we had a bad mystery shot. You know, I'm I'm not going off the handles and throwing trays across the, the store or anything like that. I'm that guy that'll say, hey, let's look at the mystery shop. Let's see what we missed. Let's have a conversation with the cook. You know, the fries are cold. Or let's have a conversation with the car hop. Car hop missed the intro and just that third. Let's, let's have these conversations. Because I'm a big believer that you can change someone's mindset through conversations and not being a tyrant. Do it the right, doing it the right way. Correct. Because some people don't know what they did wrong. You know, they may have been even trying to rush through an order. Hey, I was trying to rush to the order to get to the next one. Hey, we can't do that. You know, let's make sure we take our time with the guest and uh, hustle back, scan it. I, I love what you said. You said they don't, it's either they don't know, they don't care, or they're not capable of. And now you take the time and, you know, figure out which one before you, you know, make any kind of decisions. I really like that. Yes, sir. Yeah, I find my co-managers in that position, especially when they're new co-managers or the new managers that are put into charge. They're you know, they get big headed. Yeah, they just yeah. like, well, he doesn't want to be here. So I send him home. I'm like, well, how do you know he doesn't want to be here? Did you ask him? No, well, he just he wasn't listening. Well, maybe he didn't hear you. Think about think about it. This is the that's the guy that's making your job easier. Take the time to pull him aside and talk to him. You know, hey, man, how's it going? What's going on? Hey, my grandma just passed away. I mean, you don't know what's going on in these kids' lives, you know? Yeah. You don't know. And, and and he's doing you the favor by actually even being there when he probably doesn't really want to be there. And he shouldn't, in my opinion. It's so like everybody has a story. That, that video, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny you say that. I, I, I actually had a car hop not show up for a week. And everybody's like, man, you need to fire. You need to fire. Is that there? I said, we don't know what's going on with her first. Yeah. You know, I, I reached out to her. I call her and she says, I know Mr. Said, I'm sorry. I didn't come to work. Said, my, 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 my aunt passed and that my aunt was like a mother to me. And I'm sorry, I'll be to work tomorrow. And I said, hey, you take as much time as you need. I just need to know what's going on with you. I'm not calling to tell you to come back to work. I'm calling to check on you because I feel like once you work for me, you're, you're, you're not an employee, you're family. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to take care of my family, period. So whatever you need, just let me know, you know. And um, I think with that mindset there, I, I, I get a lot more accomplished through people because they'll know I, I'll go out on a limb for them. Whatever I need to do, I'm not the conventional employer that, all right, you missed this day, I got to fire you. No, yeah. I need to know what's going on with you. Man, that, that, that speaks levels, man, because, I mean, that just talks about, I mean, it says so many things about you because, I mean, it talks about the culture, talks about, you know, just having a heart. I think we talked about this in the, I think it was Denise's episode. You take care of the employee, the employee's going to take care of you. You take care yeah. of the employee, the employee take yeah, care of you. Jacqueline said the same thing too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I live by that too. I'm all about my people, man. We get a good shop. You know, whether the supervisor recognizes me in the partner chat, I'm like, nah, nah, that's my people. You know, I don't make every burger. I don't make every drink. I don't take every light. I don't take every switchboard. That's it. I'm not taking out those service trays every 10 minutes. I'm not keeping the store clean. I didn't do nothing. I mean, Cedric, I'm like, I'm I'm a little under, I'm about a $2.6 million store. So I'm, we kind of have the same volume. And I mean, if you, if you want to run that kind of volume successfully, there's no way I doing everything, you know? 
All I'm doing is I'm just being a security guard, making sure everybody's getting the things done and make sure everybody's following the proper policies. We're having a good time, you know, cracking jokes to kill to break the ice, you know, making it a fun environment. And there's no way, just like you already said, I'm double tapping on it, but there's no way that I'm having any kind of life without my people at all. So why are we what reason should you give yourself not to to take care of your people? You know, they need a week off. Give them a week off. They need a Friday off, they need a Friday off. Who cares if 10 people already requested off? You're right. Cedric, so let me ask you this. Would you say your mom's your hero? My mother? Yeah. Nah, she, she, she'll never be anything outside my mother, man. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I, I think that's the greatest honor in life for someone to, to say, hey, that's my mother. I, I really do. And she, man, she'll light up a room, you know? That, that that's that's my heart that's my heart right there you know she 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 made me who i am definitely from just conversations to um i'm sorry i'm getting choked up uh, I, no i'm i'll tell you what um, this might choke you up even more but i'll tell you what just by hearing you i don't know you cedric i hope to know you and i hope to see you and give you a hug at convention but just from what you're telling me the kind of man you are she would be proud of you brother she would be proud of you you know, th- there's people like you, and we talked about this, and we talked about this in Roxanne's. You, I'm gonna have a very similar conversation with you, like we did with Roxanne. But we need more people in this world like you. You know, good-hearted people that actually care about people, because if this world is so filled with negativity, we need more people. And I'm so blessed to speak with you and hear this from you because it makes me feel like there's more of people, there's more of us out there. And I just I want to thank you for being you. And I'm honored to be working in the same company as you, my man. I appreciate you. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And that, that's where I was going with the hero thing is I'm I guarantee you that, you know, she she's looking down and looking right at you. And I, I, I know she's proud, man. I mean, you you have a lot of good information to share and you sound like a really outstanding guy and can't wait to see that convention. It's going to be awesome. And like AJ was saying, I mean, you're the light in the dark place. And I mean, it's, you, you sound like a developer and a producer that, you know, makes good, you know, people that don't know anything, good people, you know, and a good teacher. I guess. Can I, can I talk about my, uh, my team? You my, sure can. We, we, we talk about making our lives easier. Definitely my, my management team. Um, you can throw names out, give shout outs, let them hear it later. Yep. My, my, my number one co-manager, Anna Tyndale. She, she's great, man. Um, she challenges me daily. Challenges me to be better, a better teacher. Definitely challenges me to train because she, she, she's a sponge. She's a sponge. Her, my, my, my number two co, Mr. James Cochran. He's been with me since Chirac. So he's seen me evolve. Those two, those two definitely have my back. It, I, I could say, hey, we're going to work today. Take your shoes off. We're going to work barefooted today. And they'll be the first two to jump out of their shoes, you know? <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, you know? <laughs> it, that they trust me that much, you know, um, that I, they know I wouldn't steer them wrong. That's the definition of a great leader right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But those two definitely. And my assistant managers, I love them to death. They are. Uh, they make life easier. True definition of humble right there. I definitely appreciate that, fellas, because I got to tell you kind of kind of what you hit on, AJ. If if 
if we excel or or the things we do excel in, it's not Cedric, it's the team. No. It's Team Lake City. Now, if we fall short on something, that's when I step in. No, it's not my team. That's Cedric. Cedric needs to address that. Cedric's going to fix that. Exactly. And trust me, man, your people, they eat that up. They, I mean, your people, and I know everybody listening here probably knows this already, but you're on stage as a partner. Your people are looking at what you're doing, especially if they want to become a partner. They know like, okay, well, Cedric's doing this. Okay, well, maybe morally and ethically, it's not the right thing to do, but they look to you as a leader. Man, I guess, oh man, maybe I, maybe that is the right thing to do. You know, so you got to make sure that you're doing everything the right way. You know, there's certain ways to do things, but you got to find the right way to do things. And they're looking at that. So when they become a partner, they're going to be like, no, man, good job to my team. You know, not me. All they're doing is just executing my plan. But they're the they're the bees. They're the, the hardworking bees at the store. And there should be no reason why I don't share that success. My team, they they go to war for me every day. And uh, I love them. I support them. And uh, they definitely show they love me back, man. So. Good deal. So when you took over those two stores, whether it was the same issues or different issues, what were some of the issues that you faced when you come to those stores, like, operationally? What were, like, for example, it could have been the culture, which is probably going to be the right answer. But what were some of the adversities you faced when you took over, when you went from Sharar? to Lake City? Well, Shiraz was definitely culture when I first took over. I didn't help matters any when I first got there, you know, because I, I, I wasn't showing the D.R. Rogers culture when I first got there. Um, that was a, uh egotistical mindset that I came in because it was all about me, all about what I'm accomplished, not realizing I can do, do it without my people. Once that mindset changed, developing the culture there, we struggled on audits in Shiraz, and that was just lack of training. It wasn't instilled in them until I got serious about it. When I first took over, I'm not gonna lie to you, when I first took over, I was maybe an average partner at this, maybe not even average. We would pencil with the temp logs, hey, with temp tag here and there. We, it was not a, it wasn't good. And then once, once I got, here's one of the slaps in the face. Once I had an auditor, uh, we scored an 85. He seen that I was down, and he said that, uh, he asked me, he said, what are you doing to change these things, Ryan? What are you doing? I couldn't answer him. I wasn't doing anything. And then from that point on, that auditor name was Jimmy Shaw. From that point on, I was more serious about audits, more serious about doing things the right way. And So your developed. people weren't taking audits serious because Cedric wasn't taking audits serious. Correct. That is correct. I have that. I, I, I fall into that conversation with some of my managers all the time where they don't know how to make a burger. Well, who trained them? Or they, or they don't know how to clean the, they don't know how to filter the fryers. I'm frustrated. Well, have you taught them? How could you expect him to do something if we haven't taken the time to teach him? So you're going to cut. So you're telling me you want me to cut his hours and to give me this person because he doesn't know how to keep the fryers clean when we haven't even had to took the time to teach him. How was that his fault? That's correct. That's something I fall into with a lot of my newer managers. And, you know, like you said, you have to have those conversations, you know, yep. take the ownership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, some of the main problems there, food costs was the issue. And I think I, I have a theory with food costs as far as anyone that's struggling with food costs. And my, my theory is that 
if you're struggling, you may not fully understand how food costs works. I can say I, I didn't for quite a few years when I was a partner. And no one ever asked me, do I understand it? No one ever showed me. They just tell me to fix food costs. They tell me, hey, you was out 2%. Why? Expect me to know the answer. So what was, so 25-year-old Cedric, you have 2% food costs, fix it. In your mind, how did you, what would, what did you think? Okay, what do I need to do to fix it in 25-year-old? Uh, uh, automatically, someone's stealing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. It, you know, the, I got to catch you stealing my meat. I got to catch you stealing my fries, you know, automatically. Instead of, you know, are we checking in trucks? Are we even getting the product that we're ordering, you know? Checking the bread, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, are we even breaking down a case of the uh, of the chicken strips? Are we getting quality strips that we can sell? Are these strips quality? Do do I understand ideal? Do I understand the reasons why these things happen? What are we cooking too much up that last hour? Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Instead of the 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 right questions, it was automatically yeah they're taking meat out the back door. So that that was a a life changer when I actually sat down and and he they showed me hey. This, this is how food cost works. This is what you need to look for. This is the ideal usage of this. This is how much money you should make out of this. And I can tell you, it was, it was eye-opening once someone had that conversation with me. So what did you end up finding? What did you do to fix it, if you remember? Was Back it over-portioning? Day, uh, was it waste? Was it stealing? Def- was it definitely, definitely portion bags, inventory counts, critical count. We okay. would do criticals daily. Uh, and and having that conversation with the management team the next day, and once you once you brought these things up to light, you could tell somebody, all right, we're out three cases of strips, and you hear the number, and 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 it sounds huge, but just to show them, all right, we're we're ten days into the month, these three these three cases of strips went straight in the trash, how, and just to see people's mind work, you know, what 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 makes you think, oh, oh how did we lose these strips? You tell me. I would ask them, how did we lose these trips? Not not in a kind of condescending way, but a way to make them think. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm big on my management team being free thinkers. I don't want to be able, I won't have to tell them what to do all the time. Hey, I want you to, to, to tell me why this happens or why this happens. You, it's okay to be wrong. That's what I want my team to know. Hey, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to be wrong. We're going to have that conversation and we're going to do it the right way. Or are we going to figure out what went wrong and do it right? But as far as the food cost uh, standpoint of it, you know, inventory counts for sure. And not me doing the count, them doing the count. So, so when they did the count, it, they can realize that, okay, we did a truck order. We're out of case of strips. Yo, there's no way we're out of case of strips. I know we, I only rung up X amount of strips today. And I know they didn't sell that many that night. Okay, let's go look and see how many were sold. You know, let's see. Showing them how what was sold theoretically, how much we should have over, you know, it, it helped them opens up people's eyes, especially when you get them to think as well, instead of always telling somebody to answer, Hey, I want you to think and tell me how I came to this conclusion. If that made sense. I'm, I'm not sure if that made sense. No, no. You sound like a great coach, man. I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, you're getting me fired about food costs right now. Like let's go do it. <laughs> we're going to get off the call. I'm going to call my co-manager. We're going to have that conversation, Cedric. <laughs> no you really you man i can only imagine how great of a coach you are just here listening to you man okay so you go to lake city what are some of the issues you have you had there issues the, the main issue i wasn't me that was the first issue i wasn't who i was 
when I came through the door. Oh yeah, I tried you said to you were trying to do the other partners drop. Be like I was other. trying to be somebody else. That was the, that was the main issue coming through. So I, I did the things that made him successful, and it didn't work for me. Didn't work for me at all. Not not one bit. Besides that, the other issue. Ironically, it wasn't a, a, a audit culture there as well. You know, so I've been down that road, so it was easier to to have those conversations. Yeah. And, and I tell them, and, and this is how I convene it to them. I say, listen, we're not doing this for audit. We're not doing this for health inspection. We're not doing this for supervisors or anybody else that may come inside. We're doing it for the guests. We want to make sure we're serving safe food. We want to make sure we have a clean environment. We want to make sure all this is for the guests because at the end of the day, the guest pays us. Who gives us our paycheck? The guests. Mm-hmm. If, if they're not happy we don't get paid and that's mm-hmm. the, that's the that's the thing that that really gets the the most of my crew you know like hey i know you got upset on that switchboard but hey hey they write the check man they write the mm-hmm. check i say that at every crew meeting every single crew meeting i say do you see that car that you have you see my nice truck i got i wouldn't have it it wasn't for them yep. so no matter how rude they are no matter what kind of day they're having no matter if they're lying you take care of them because they're the ones paying for your see that house you have at home. They're paying for it. Right. So I agree with you, man. I That's that's as simple as you can get. You have to put it into words where they understand. And I think that's straight to the point. And I let them know, hey, you, you can control yourself. You can't control what anything happens to you or what is said to you, but you control yourself. And you never want to get to the point to where you let someone say something or do something for them to make you act out of yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. I said, it's, it's when you do the right thing, scoring high scores on an audit or health inspection or even pleasing your supervisor, that's a byproduct of doing the right thing. That just comes with it. I want to talk about one more thing if I can, and, and I won't hold you guys any longer. I'm sorry. No, you're not holding us at all, man. This is, we, this is what we want. Gotcha. Um, I want to talk about my wife. That's the... The second lady uh, to my mother, you know, she she's not quite up on the same level, but she's right there, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but she is the reason why I do what I do. Her and the kids, you know, I could sure I could find another job, but she she supports me 100 percent. No matter whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, she supports me. A, a great support system, a great sounding board. She listens to me. The man I am today. She helped mold that, and I love her dearly. Whenever times get hard, I know I can reach out to her and, hey, babe, you got this. There's nobody else better for the job than you. She's just great. Make sure she listens to this show, you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Get some little bit of browning points, you know. I see what you're doing here, Cedric. (laughs) I might want to do the same thing. Babe, I love you. I'm not give you a hard time, but I love you. (laughs) And and, and, and me and her had a conversation. I had a, a, a fellow partner takes me and, and say she's having a hard time in, in her personal life and it just makes me realize that I can't do what I do at work without her she takes care of the home life because she's majorly here she takes care of the kids so my day can be her day can be just as rough as my day because I, I got to tell you those two toddlers are, are, are a handful and um she takes it even the days I come home late you know she puts the kids to bed mornings i can't get up you know i've been at work all day she definitely takes care take care of them getting up going to school so 
I love how you brought it. Man, you thank your team. You thank your wife. Man, this guy's going to win a Grammy. Man, I, humble I can, pie, man. Freaking. I can tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely humble. Uh, I can definitely tell you that. Extremely humble. I, I can hear it, man. I definitely do. And that is amazing. God sent right there. So when you win Operator of the Year on next month, you'll be like, I did that. You see that? I did that. I did that. That was me. I did that. No, I'm just kidding. Definitely going to be the team first. You know? Absolutely, man. Team first, wife second on that one. Because mm-hmm. yeah. without without those two dynamics, man, let me tell you, I've lost. I've lost. Well, I don't got anything else, Cedric. I just, I can talk to you about life all day here, brother. I look forward to seeing you at convention, man. I, I, I was going to say the same thing. I, I got to link up with you. And then if, if anything, you can be a, a definitely a good sounding board. You know, you you and Jacob, if uh, whenever these problems arise, you, you know how that is. So <laughs> mm-hmm. We're down. I have a podcast cap for you. I'll take it to convention. Okay. But please, I don't know me how much me and Jacob are going to be together at convention, but. I know I'm going to have my hat on. You see us, holler at us, please. Oh, definitely. I want to shake your hand, man. Definitely. I would definitely, definitely, you know, I've got agile to the all-star roster, you know, motivation. Man, that means a lot. All right, brother. Well, that's all I have. Once again, like I said in the intro, I appreciate your time. You don't know how much value that you bring, that you just brought to co-managers coming up on what they need to do and what not to do, taking over a store to partners that have been in the company for 20 years and are having problems with work-life balance to being a true leader. I mean, so much value that you brought. And I want to thank you for coming on and sharing that. I want you to come back on the show. You let me know whenever you want to, and we'll talk about whatever, because anything that comes out of your mouth is value. So I appreciate you. Thank you. And that's all I have. I don't know if Jacob has anything else. Yeah, thank you for being a great partner, friend, son, husband, leader. You know, <laughs> I mean, man, true definition of a humble guy. I think I don't think I've ever met anybody this humble before. That you're, man, just talking to you, is, man, it's 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 awesome. I'm about to go give my car away, my truck away. I don't, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> right? No joke, man. I mean, I, I'm being serious, and you, it's all straight from the heart, and. All the, you know, I want to thank this person. I want to thank this person. I mean, that that's so cool. That that really is amazing. I'm giving thanks, man. And, you know, you talked about the opportunity. Yeah, thank you again. Thank you, Cedric. No, I, I thank you, fellas, for, for having me. Definitely. All right. If anyone's interested in being a guest on the show, please contact us by email or phone. Our contact info is down below in the show notes. And please don't forget, guys, Sonic is what we do. Deal Rogers is who we are. Hope everyone has a great week, and we'll see you guys next time.